How much do you move a day when you think about it, Matt? You know, yes, you're active around yeah. your office and your business. But when you all put it together, you have to look at it. You got to get a, yourself a grade. How much am I active? How much am I exercise? How much am I playing sports? And all of those, and then you're eating. And all of those comprise a lifestyle program. Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show that talks about the stuff that just makes life work. And to help us do that today, I'm chatting with my special guest, Edward Jakowski from Excude Fitness uh, about where he's had to push through, what he does to recharge his batteries and what more actually looks like. Now, the show notes and transcript from our conversation will be available on our website, pushtobemore.com. And on our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter. And each week we will email you the links along with the notes from the show automatically when you're signed up to the newsletter. So make sure you do that. It's totally free. It's totally amazing. Head on over to it. Now, this episode is brought to you by Orion Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast. You know what? I have found running my own podcast to be really, really rewarding. It opens doors to amazing people like nothing I have seen. I have built networks, made friends, and had a platform to champion my customers, my team, and my suppliers. And I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should have a podcast because it's had such a massive impact on my own business, which of course sounds great in theory, but in reality, there's the whole problem of setup, distribution, tech, strategy, marketing, the list goes on. You see, I love talking to people, but I'm not a big fan of all the other stuff, if I'm honest with you. So Orion Media acts like my backstage crew and takes everything off my plate. I turn up and chat to amazing people like Edward, yeah. uh, and then they kind of take care of the rest, which is awesome. So if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. We will, of course, link to them on our website as well. Now, that's enough about the show sponsor. Let's talk about today's guest. Now, Edward is a fitness pioneer and inventor with over 35 years in the industry. He has founded Excude Fitness, uh, which offers patented Patent, I can't even talk. Patented fitness regimes based on body types. Uh, as an author of seven books and a sought-after speaker and consultant, Edward is passionate about empowering others to live healthy lives. Sounds beautiful. Uh, he's got a PhD in behavioral management uh, and a commitment to staying ahead of the curve. It's fantastic to have another fitness expert here on the show. We've got so many questions. Edward, great to see you, man. Great to have you. How are you doing today? I'm good, Matt. Let's uh, let's try to get people to a better place, right? That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? The um the the whole fitness and the health uh aspect of things. And I'm kind of curious, right? This show is sponsored, as I said, by Ori Media, the podcast agency. Um, if you had a podcast uh, and you could have any guest on your show, um, someone that's influenced your life, both uh, either in the past or you know, in the present, and you could interview them. Who would be a guest on your show and why? Well, it would probably be a gentleman that was really a pioneer in the fitness world in the 50s and 60s, Jack Lloyd. 
A lot of okay. people may or may not have heard of him, but real quickly, he was someone that had a, a weekly, a daily television show for 30 minutes hmm. where he got you moving and exercising with things at home. So you would follow along with simple things like touching your toes, doing a sit-up, doing a push-up, mm-hmm. and making it part of your lifestyle. So, you know, everyone wants the Z. I call it the Z in fitness. But no one wants to go A, B, B, C, D, to okay. E. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why people fail in either their weight loss and or their fitness goals because they don't have a plan. They're not thinking, oh, my God, I, I have two weeks. You know, it's most guys are like this. I have two weeks. I have a couple hours. I'm going to hit the gym and hit the weights. So they go to the gym. They work out for two hours with their buddies. And then reality hits again. And they can't get to the gym. And so now they're taking a vacation and what we call a yo-yo exerciser. Because whatever they were doing, they can't maintain. And if you can't maintain it, then you're not going to be fit. So the most important thing is to have a game plan. And that's what we do at Exude Fitness. We take a look at a snapshot of your lifestyle. How many days a week do you work? Do you commute? What's your medical background? What's your orthopedic background? Do you belong to a gym? Can you get to a gym? How far is that gym away from you? Should you be working out at home? So before the actual exercise is actually being done, that's the easy part. It's organizing yourself in a manner where, okay, I can't work out today at three because you have to pick up my children. I'm going to work out today at 10 o'clock as soon as I drop them off. So when you have a plan, you know exactly what to do, then you could be successful. And I don't care what it is, building strength, losing weight, increasing your flexibility, playing better golf, better tennis, whatever mm. it is. So the, the, the idea then behind the, the, the plan, and I'm, I actually, while you were talking, uh, Edward, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, I Googled Jack LaLanne because I was curious. The name kind of did ring a bell in my head. Um, and now I see the, the pictures of him. I'm kind of like, aha, I, I know who you're talking about now, the, the, the fitness guy. Um, was, if I could take a, a, a back step and I want to come back to this plan that you, that you mentioned. I like the, the Z, the, what did you call it? The Z factor or the Z factor as we call yeah. it here in the UK, uh, because we obviously pronounce it differently. Um, and I like this idea that you mentioned that um, everyone has doesn't like to go from A to B, from B to C. They just want to go straight to to the Z. Was it Jack Lalane and seeing him on TV that got you interested in the fitness industry? Is is that how your personal journey started? No, I I didn't really know about him until my teen years. And then later on, when I started my career, started mm-hmm. to do a lot of interviews, people started calling me that. And okay. people saying, you know, you remind me of him, your message, the way you work, the way you move. I actually started um, thinking about doing this in first grade. Mm-hmm. I had a gym teacher. His name was Mr. Reardon. And he would take the time to show everyone how to do proper movements. So I was one of these athletic kids, very blessed, and would go outside, and I would eat my lunch, bag my lunch, take it to get online to be first to get outside. 
get on the football field, American football, and I'd run out there and then I would gather all the kids together mm. and I would pick the teams and we would play every single day. But wow. I would pick the kids that no one else wanted. And so when we were choosing sides, I would pick a kid named Howard. This is a real, real first name, not last name. Mm-hmm. And everyone would say, don't get Howard. He stinks. I said, shut up. He's going to be great. <laughs> so that's what I would say. So we would get in the huddle and I mm-hmm. would say, all right, here's the play. Everyone go out deep. And Howard, you go five steps, turn around. I'm going to throw you the ball and focus and just catch the ball. And all everyone in the huddle complained, no, no, we're going to lose. I go, we're not going to lose. Hike, throwing the ball, I throw it to Howard. He misses it. We get back in the huddle. Same play. Throw it again. He misses it. We get back in the huddle. Same play. He catches it. So, curiously enough, I saw Howard's name on LinkedIn about a year and a half ago. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just contact him. So I Mm. contact him and I go, hey, Howard, it's Richard Gowski. I go, do you remember me? He goes, remember you? He goes, you're the only kid that ever believed in me. Wow. That was 40 years later. Wow. So when I was being interviewed, I've been very blessed. I've been interviewed by who's who of the American media world. I was being interviewed by Barbara Walters. And she Mm. asked me that very first question. How long have you been doing this? And I go, since five years old. And she scuffs at it like, yeah, okay, five. What do you mean? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's the story. I didn't know that that was going to be my career path. Yeah. But that example of what I did with Howard, I carried that through every grade, my own sports. Mm -hmm. And then when I started, the company started to work with children. Because I already had 20 years of experience doing it. Yeah, so it, yeah. was a natu- it was a natural fit for me. So what, um, I mean, that's a great story. And I, I, I love the fact you reached out to him on LinkedIn and he still remembers you. I mean, that's, I mean we, that talks about the extraordinary power of believing in somebody when somebody doesn't, right? But I'm kind of curious, Edward, what drove you to do that? Where did you learn that from? Did that come from your parents? Did that come from some grandparents? Or was that? Was that some magical power you kind of were injected with as a kid? What made you pick Howard? Not my parents. Right. Uh, My mother wouldn't let it. I'm one of seven children. And we had this big house with lots of woods, no neighbors. And my mother would not let you in the house before dark. If you came to the the door and knocked on the door and and my mother said, what is it? Why would I go to the bathroom? Go in the woods. Wow. So you learn to be active. You mm. learn to play. You learn to do chores. You, you had to work. I had to rake leaves every day. I had to cut mm. trees down every day. So my parents were all about being active. So yeah. that later on in life, when you want to be active, it's like a vegetable. If you put the vegetable in front of the kid, sooner or later, he's going to eat that broccoli. Now, today, mm. I love broccoli and I garden. It's one of my hobbies. My father taught me to garden at nine years old. I've mm. been keeping a garden since nine years old. When I was wow. away at college, I cut a deal with a landlord 
to let me have a little area garden. <laughs> Just and 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 what what do you like to garden? Uh, do you grow your own food? Herbs and vegetables. Fantastic. So Fantastic. I also put gardens in for my clients. I mm. show them how to put a garden in. It's part of the entire circuit, the wheel. Fitness mm. is not about going to the gym. It's about how much you're sitting on your rear end, how much mm. you're doing when you're moving. And so people think that because they're active, that that could substitute for fitness, and it can't. So most people try to get more fit by becoming active. In reality, you can only become more active by becoming more fit. It's one uh, of my Edward. It's one of my Edwardisms. So as we get to know each other, this is what I try to teach. It's like you got to move. You don't have to be hyper, but when yeah. you move, move. When you rest, rest. Mm. But you have to be productive. You know, when you think about what you do, how much people move during a day. I'm not talking mm. about if they have a job that requires physical tools every day. I'm talking about non-physical people. How much can you move a day when you think about it, Matt? You know, yes, you're active around yeah. your office and your business, but when you all put it together, you have to look at it. You got to get a, yourself a grade. How much am I active? How much am I exercising? How much am I playing sports? And all mm. of those, and then you're eating, and all of those comprise a lifestyle program. And that's what people don't get. It's not just mm. about one thing. If you eat poorly one day, exercise to counter that. If you're not going to be able to exercise that day, eat a little bit healthier mm. and be conscious of it. People are not yeah. conscious of it. Yeah, to be honest with you, Edward, that's um, one of the things my wife says about me all the time. She says, you're just not conscious of what we, of what I eat in the sense of if there's something out on the side of the house, um, or if there's, you know, something in the, the refrigerator, like chocolate or something like that, I'm not consciously aware of the fact that I go to the refrigerator. I know I'm eating chocolate. I've just not thought about consciously how much of that I'm eating, what I've done the rest of the day. And it's something my wife um, has decided now that actually I need to learn this. So whenever she sees me just sort of doing that, she's pointing that out, pay attention, you know, log those calories kind of thing. Um, because you're right. I, for me, I, I can very easily eat stuff and not really realize that I've eaten it. You know, this, your country and our country and the world today is so vastly, not just overweight, but out of shape. You don't yeah. have to be rickety thin. You don't have to be 10% body fat and lift at all these weights. But you should be able to do the basics, touch your toes. You should yeah. be able to do a couple sit-ups. You should be able to do 10, 15, 20 push-ups. You should be able to walk around and do an hour or two of gardening or activity or a sport and not have to rest a week and have ice everywhere all over your body. <laughs> and we've good. gotten away with that. We've mm. gotten away with that because of the accept the movement. Mm. You know, it's like, hey, you, if you don't love me, then that's okay. Okay, great. But, you know, we don't take that attitude with education, do we? If your kid comes home from school and they make fun of him because he failed an exam, what are you going to say? That's it. We're going to move to a neighborhood where kids accept that my kid is stupid. Mm. The kid's not stupid. You're stupid. 
Because as a parent, the reason why he's getting the F is that you're not making sure that he's doing, he or she is doing his homework on a mm-hmm. regular basis. The kid probably is bright, but every time he goes to school, he's told he's stupid. So when mm-hmm. you go to school and someone says you're fat, comes home, and the kid says to his mother, why are you crying? Oh, they called me fat in school. What is This is what we've become. That's it. We're moving. We're going to find a neighborhood. Where the kids in the neighborhood are not going to call you fat. Good luck with that. Yeah. Take the kid, teach them how to make exercise part of their life and do that by actually exercising with that child. And now Mm. you have a fighting chance and we are making all these excuses up. Oh, it's okay to be that way. No, it's not. Mm. We've taken away the empowerment of ourselves that we want to be better. And in every Mm. other field, it's okay to be better. But when it comes to fitness, it is now shunned upon that people, especially women, aren't even allowed to be better now Mm. physically. Yeah, it's a really interesting point you make, Edward. And I I think it's, um, it's it's a very fascinating conversation to have with people, isn't it? Because I, a few years ago, uh, back in 20, 2015, 2014, I was quite overweight. And um, my kids at the time, my uh, young boys, would take great delight in coming up to me and smacking me uh, on my stomach, on my belly. And it, they would obviously see it wobble. And they, they affectionately called it my baggy belly. And, um, and I thought... It's when that started to happen, uh, Edward, that I thought I really needed to do something about this. And so I started to take better care of my health. And we had a a garage down at the bottom of our garden. And I don't know why I'm pointing to it because you can't see it, but it's there. Uh, It's behind that wall. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's just behind that wall. And um, and so we started to invest in. uh, We turned the garage into a sort of a home gym. And we build it up and we build it up over years. It's probably taken a good sort of seven or eight years to get it where we want it. And I remember at the start of lockdown, um, obviously you, this, this turned out to be a stroke of genius on my part because my boys basically spent all of lockdown in the gym. And so some of the best memories I have were that decision that I had when I made um, to work on my health and fitness with my boys when they were sort of in their early teenage years, their late teenage years, we were all in the gym, you know, doing stuff together. Uh, and I feel like now looking back on it, I've imparted into them as their dad, you know, it's part of my duty to teach them how to live, how to take care of themselves physically, you know, and, 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 and both all my kids actually are, um, are pretty active in the gym. And I'm, and I know that came from me. Had I have been quite sedentary and stayed where I was with my belly, I don't know if they would have ever learned that. Well, and also, you're going to have a longer career. You're going to look better, feel better, have more energy. You're going to be less lazy. And that's what people don't get. It's not about mm. looking great. It's about feeling great. Mm. And putting on a pair of shorts... And feeling good about yourself, is that's what it's about. And if you don't feel good about yourself, that's okay. Make steps towards it. Mm. And that's what we've given up. We've given up because we have accepted that, oh, don't make fun of that person. 
I'm not making fun of them. I don't need to make fun of them. If I hear one more celebrity talk about how happy they are at five foot six, 250 pounds, think I'm going to throw up. They're not happy. You can't be happy looking and feeling like that. Mm. But don't tell the world that everyone else should look like you. That's, that's the problem. It's yeah, like, I, I, only, I, I want to be a doctor, but I don't want to go to college. Yeah, yeah, I, I get your point, and I, I get the logic. I think, I, m- I remember when I was, um, I had a, a beauty business, Edward, and um, it, we sold products online. And part of that business was um, we had a salon, uh, a, a treatment salon, where people would come for, for beauty treatments. And I remember saying to the girls one day in the salon, I want you to get me every photograph. Let's just bring every single photograph that we have into um, the back office. Take them, all the posters off the wall, everything. I want to see everything. And we laid all the photos out, the magazines, the promotional stuff, which came from the beauty companies. Um, and we laid them all out. And I said to the girls, I want you to find me every photograph that's authentic. So all the photos that have been photoshopped, that have been edited, let's, let's pull those out. And do you know, not one photograph remained, not a single photo, because they'd all been airbrushed or photoshopped in some way. And right. so we have this problem, don't we, as a society? On one hand, we are promoting images through social media to people like my daughter, um, an image of beauty and of the ideal weight which I, I think is unattainable because they have to Photoshop people to look like that. That's not how real people look. And so then, like you say, the pendulum has swung so far the other way, which says, well, in that case, just accept me as I am. Um, and I don't, like you, I don't think it's about acceptance, but I do question the health of that, you know, and I, I question the health of both aspects of it. Like if I, there's there's obviously health issues with obesity, but there's health issues with my teenage daughter looking at 3,000 unrealistic images of what society expects her of to look course. like every day. That, and, but if you have, you know, a lot of people are confused about this. Mm. You can have, okay, confidence about yourself and still have a poor self-image of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're confusing the two. You could be overweight and obese and feel confident in whatever you're doing. But that doesn't mean that you also have great self-esteem. It's the self-esteem that gets you into further trouble. Not the confidence you can build. You know, I build confidence with Howard. Mm. You know? It also helped his self-esteem. Yeah. Because it's like someone, not because you get catch, someone believes in me. Mm. Okay? Someone believes in me. He knows he's not, you know, the best at catching. But everyone else ignored him. And I was like, face your self-esteem face your Mm. self-confidence it's okay and if you make a mistake you're going to get up and do it again and i'm going to be patient enough to guide you through that howard 
And that's what we do with people. We give people the confidence that no matter where they are, they're going to be in a better place. And before Mm. you know it, it's magic. And I've been very fortunate to be able to do this for so long and not lose my energy or my attitude. And now Mm. we've reached the point where what I created is now reaching the medical community, Matt. Mm. That the patent that I created for my body types is now able to help type 2 diabetics with lowering their A1C numbers. And we're very proud of that because now I'm starting to revolutionize the way people are moving, not Mm. just for the way they look, but also from a health perspective at the same time. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. That sounds awesome. So what do you do then, Edward? Let's uh, take an exit. Let's take someone like me, maybe 10 years ago, who walks into your office, um, overweight, uh, pre-diabetic, um, sits, uh, sits around a lot every day, you know, has got an office job, sits in front of a computer. Life is big, got young kids. So, you know, um, life is just a lot happens, doesn't it? That sort of takes over life. Self-esteem is shot. Um, confidence is is not great. Where do you start um, with someone like that coming into your office? Do you do you start with confidence? Do you start building their self-esteem or do you start them on a physical program or is it all somehow combined? No. I can control. What can I control that Matt does? Think about it. When we eat, we're eating seven days a week mm-hmm. times five or six times a day. Yeah. So seven times six is 42, right? Mm -hmm. All of them out here. We only need to exercise four days a week. Not a lot more chance screwing up 42 things. Chance is done here. (laughs) Then four. Then four. Mm -hmm. So we focus on the fitness because fitness, when you start working out, you automatically start eating better. But Mm. when you diet, our research and data shows that when we diet, it is a demotivator for fitness. Okay. Because you have no energy mm-hmm. and you can't get yourself mind rested and body rested in order to do that. So I can control what Matt's doing through Skype, Zoom, or mm. any other virtual way. And I can control you and make an appointment with you once every other day and get you making this part of your lifestyle, then Mm -hmm. once we do that, then we focus on your eating. And then we focus on putting it all together. Okay. So what what are some of the common excuses, Edward, that we tell ourselves when it comes to getting fit? Um, What are some of the, I suppose, the lies that we believe that you find yourself regularly we don't have enough time is number we don't have enough time is number one okay and that's due to poor organizational skills mm-hmm. they picked a gym that's 30 minutes away by car <laughs> yeah so on a great day they'll get there but i want to mm. know your worst day i want to know your daily activity from eight in the morning till eight at night on the worst day of the week not the best mm. day the worst day So number one is lack of perceived time. Mm -hmm. Number two is they just don't like it. I hate it. I hate it, Edward. I don't like it. And I'm like, hey, I noticed that you have a master's degree. 
Did you get home from school every day and say, I'm psyched? I can't wait to study. I said, why did you study? Because you had a carrot. What was the carrot? The carrot was to get that degree. Mm. So you have to find the motivation. What I figure out for them is what do I, what button do I need to push for that person to motivate them? Is it vanity? Is it more money? Is mm. it to have more energy? Is it to be healthier? Once I find what that one thing is, and everyone has one thing at least, then I step on that and I never let go. Yeah, that's really powerful. So that, how do you find then that, that one thing? Because I'm, I'm imagining people listening to this will be going, well, how do I know what my one thing is that is going to drive me? I give you a simple one-page questionnaire. Your height, your weight, your activity level. Do you work out? Have you worked out? What's your body type? And then the last question is very simple. How important is it to you to feel your best? One, the worst, 10 being the best. And everyone mm-hmm. puts down eight, nine, or 10. I've never mm-hmm. had. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you're already committed. Mm-hmm. You said you want to look your best. Great. Let's get through it. I don't judge it. I don't ask them why they put that down there. Who gives? I'm only mm. interested in figuring out how to get that from A to B. I'm not into the head case. Well, this, that. You've tried other things. You failed. I know why you failed. If, if it worked, we wouldn't be talking. Yeah. I don't work on the past. I already know why you failed in the past. You were not consistent. And... Whenever you did work out, you were doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. So you got discouraged. We have 30 days to motivate someone to make fitness part of their life. So where I'm fortunate, what my advantage over any of my competitor in the world is that I own the world's only patented workout program based on body types. My company is the only company in the world that studies the aesthetic effect best exercise to the human anatomy. Matt, most people do what they like when it comes to fitness, not what they do. Mm. That's why you never see heavy sick people jogging because it's uncomfortable for them. And that's yeah. why you never see rail thin people lifting weights because they're not good at it. Mm-hmm. So we do what we like, not what we need. At Exude, we give you what you need. You'll like it. When your stomach starts to get smaller, you're going to like the fact of what the sit-up does. You don't have to like the sit-up. Mm-hmm. You have to like what it does for you. Big difference. I don't yep. care if you ever like it. I'm not, I'm not interested in taking people and persuading them that fitness is the greatest thing in the world. Fitness is very difficult. Make no mistakes about it. It is extremely hard to do this on a regular basis for a long period of time. But the benefit has to outweigh the effort. And I call it the sweat equity ratio. How much time are you putting in and what are you getting back? So if you're a gal, for instance, and you're big bulk and you want to get your thighs a little bit smaller, All of them are doing these spin classes, doing all these weights, 
because they're good at it, Matt. Mm-hmm. But what they don't know is that it's making their legs bigger. So after a month of exercising, they internalize it. Oh, I tried that. It didn't work. No, you didn't. You're studying in French and taking the final in Russian. You're, <laughs> you're, just, ta- you're just studying the wrong material. Yeah. You're not working out properly in order to get the result of trimming down. Yeah. See, I don't tell people their goal. They fill out the goal sheet. It says, do you want to increase or decrease size and wear on your body? So when I get that questionnaire back, I'm not telling you you have big thighs, Susan. You told me. I'm only telling you what to do to get them smaller. I'm, I'm not going to say your thighs are too big. If you yeah. want to get your thighs bigger, I'm all for it. If you want to get your thighs smaller, I'm all for it. But think about it. Logically, you can't exercise one way and get your, your legs smaller, exercise the same way, and get them bigger. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, I, I get the logic. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the guy that figured out the formula on how to get smaller when everyone else was trying to figure out how to get bigger. Right. That's the niche I own. And no one's even close to us. We're at the top of the pyramid. And I Fantastic. earned that. No one gave me that. Matt. Oh, I swear, hard work, isn't it? Hard work pays off, right? So it's, um, it's, so what do you, I, I'm curious, what, what's your, um, exercise regime look like how do you fill your tank you know recharge your batteries what what do you like to do well i'm I'm gardening one to two hours per day in between my work oh wow i play i have a nine-year-old boy and a 15 16 year old boy Mm -hmm. so i work out with them i play sports with them i coach their sports team Mm -hmm. so between that and working out and then my own regimen two or three days a week i jump rope i do some push-ups i do some light weights and I do flexibility, mm-hmm. but I'm consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is the key, right? Yeah. That's it. You know, I don't need to be, I don't need to, I don't need to run a four minute mile. No, it's not functional. It's, it's, you know what, oh, Edward, listening to you talk, it's funny because I have uh, a 19 year old son who is, um, he's quite strong. Let's just put it that way. I think he benches. At the moment, his bench press is 125 kilos. I don't know what that is in pounds. I can, it's what, maybe 100 and 260, 270 pounds, yep, somewhere yeah, around there. It's a good amount of weight. It's a fair weight, right? And part of me is really proud of him because you, you go, son, you're nice and strong. And I don't know if you're like this with your kids, Edward, but part of me, the other part of me is like, oh, I'm not having that. I'm just too competitive. I now have to figure out. <laughs> Had and lift. And so I, I sent my, my son a, a text message a few months ago. I, I, a few weeks before I turned 50, for the first time ever in my whole life, I managed to bench over 100 kgs. I did 105. There you go. Yeah, I got to 105. Still 20 kgs less than him, uh, which is 50 pounds. It's still 50 pounds less than him. And um, I sent him a text message saying, I've just benched this amount, 105 kgs. Sent him the video. 
And Edward, he sent me a message back saying, Dad, it's good to see you lifting the weights that I warm up with. <laughs> and I was kind of cooked. Part, part of me is proud, but part of me is too competitive. I'm, I'm trying to catch up with him. And I, 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 at some point, I need to let that go. <laughs> I'm still fortunate that they're not nearly as strong as their old man. Yeah. So it's going to be a while before they surpass me. And I've been doing this, again, since five years old. You know, so yeah. It's very yeah. easy for me. Well, I but, you. I but, enjoy it while it lasts. But flexibility is the key for, for people, anyone over 50 years old. You right. have to be able to hamstring the muscles behind your legs. That protects the lower back. Yeah. So that is the most, and skipping rope is the most efficient exercise in the world. Oh, really? For, for cardiovascular. Mm. Yep. So... All of these things that we're talking about, all the best exercises, that's what I wrote my books on. Mm. I didn't write the book. Yes, I wrote the book literally, but the public did. Mm. Public told me, Edward, how do I stretch? So I'm like, I'm going to write a book and teach people how to stretch. Bang, mm. bestseller. Well, I don't know how to jump rope. I'm going to come up with a video, a DVD. I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble. And convince them that they need to put this in a box and sell it. Bang. Boom. Bestseller. So the cut. So you, the public, wrote the book. Mm. I just did the, the actual writing. Yeah. So I yeah. give the public what is needed. And because I'm in the trenches with them every day, I'm able to figure out what, what is lacking what they need, mm. what buttons to push. Mm. So it's very exciting. Every day of my life is never boring. And never boring. That's fun. That's fun. That's nice. And keep it with I always kid. tell people, it's, that's the journey. Mm -hmm. You know, push to be more. I mean, that's what you're about. Yeah. It's yeah. how do you motivate yourself to push to do more? Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can have bad days, lull days. But they're very few and far between. Yeah. Plant seeds. You may not make money today, but maybe that seed you planted three months down the line, it's going to make money. Mm -hmm. So the money aspect never comes into play. Because if you're effective at what you do, mm -hmm. you will make money. Yeah. It's a different okay. mindset, a total yeah, different mindset. It is. And I think for me, what defines people is what they do when they get slightly derailed, when things don't work out, when they do have their off day. How you respond to that, I think, is the big difference, right? Because you are going to have them, like you say. But how you choose to respond to that is, is what defines a person, I think. Listen, yep. Edward, we've got to that stage of the show where we are going to do the question box. Uh, and so... Uh, this is where I'm going to flick through my random stack of questions. Uh, tell me when to stop. And stop. Uh, we, okay. Okay. It's an interesting question. Um, in what ways have your parents influenced your choice or choices of partner? They have influenced me to try to seek out a person who is hardworking, great at communication, and 
that you both own the same set of values and morals. Yeah. So in that regard, that's what my parents were able to teach me when it comes to seeking a partner. How important is it for you then that your partner has a similar set of values and morals? It's everything. Hmm. If I think helping old women across the street is the right thing to do, and you think I'm wasting my time, we have a problem. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, how did you how did you find? I guess let me uh, rewind a little bit. How do you how did you understand what your personal values are? How did you how did you get an understanding of that? Was that something that you deliberately thought about one day, or was that just something that's intuitively known inside your mind? No, I think it was just given to me and learning life lessons, making mistakes, mm. being in relationships. I'm not talking personal only. Being in all relationships, whether they be business or personal, mm. and seeing that, you know, there's an expression, I use it all the time, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Yeah. I'm willing to give that duck many chances to quack properly. Mm-hmm. When I've exhausted all the possibilities of them cracking properly, then I move on. Yeah. And so there I'm very patient. Mm-hmm. In business, even, I mean, I've done business with a lot of people where we're on deadline, where you're supposed to send me something, where you're supposed to finish a project. And of course, nine out of 10 people don't do it. In the old days, I'd freak out, send them a nasty email. Or I used to do that. Tell you what a loser you are. Now it's like, <laughs> okay. It's obvious that this person doesn't own the tools necessary to play in Ed's sandbox. Mm-hmm. So I just move on. Good luck. This and that. I already motivate people everything I do. Now I got to motivate you to be good at your freaking job. <laughs> now, if you want to pay me to do mm-hmm. that, that's different. But if we're going to do a business, a co-branding relationship, or any type of business together, and you can't get it together, that's okay. You're not ready. You're not ready. When you're ready, let me know. Yeah. And so, and so, I'm very, I'm much more not forgiving. I'm just smarter in in not allowing that to get me off course. Hmm. because I'm getting off. I'm allowing you to get me off course when it's not you, it's me. I control my emotions. I control my decisions. Not not you. Hmm. So I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to write you a nasty email that you can't even make a deadline on time. I'm going to find someone else to play in my sandbox. That's all. Fair enough. Yep, fair enough. Uh, what does the future then look like for you, Edward? What's um, what's the plans over the next few years with Exude Fitness? Where where where? What does more look like for you? Within within a within a year or two, I'll have my system. Major hospitals around United States of America, mm. where it will be the therapy 
to treating diabetes. Fantastic. That, that's my goal. It's to revolutionize the industry, and I'm going to. I'm, yeah, on, I'm on my way already. Well done. That's awesome. It's a good. It's a good thing to revolutionise because there's a lot of diabetes around. So exactly. uh, I, I figured we all need the help. <laughs> we all need the help we can get. Really, um, Edward. Listen, uh, it's been great talking to you, man. Uh, really appreciate your time. How do people reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to do that? What's the best way? Well, they go to our website, of course, www.exude.com, and. We have a contact sheet there and you can look up. You have a lot of free information based upon whatever you're looking for. Anywhere from corporate wellness to one-on-one to strengthening to weight loss to cancer to whatever. You know, how do you get to a better place? Mm-hmm. We do virtual fitness around the world. We've been doing it for 20 years. When COVID hit, we never missed a beat. I had started this. I had started virtual fitness 20 years ago, Mac. Wow. Before before the internet even started, we were doing virtual fitness through the phone. Wow. I would mail you a medical form. I would have you take a Polaroid of your body. Mm-hmm. You would mail it back. We would schedule a call. I would walk you through what to do, then send you my books or DVDs, and then design a program through the phone mm. that's how far ahead of the times we were fantastic well you were right then for covid jeez yeah the it's a natural segue over you know so yeah, yeah, totally. you know that's that's really it so now i'm able to you know help i'm not going to say help mankind help people get to a better place mm. there's no reason to be limited to what you can do physically. You just don't own the knowledge. You don't know that a stationary bike doesn't put stress on your knees. You can't walk because you're too heavy. So the doctor says, oh, Bob, seriously, you got to start walking. So they walk. They walk at such a slow pace they can't get their heart rate up without putting undue stress to their knee joint. Mm. Enter enter Edward. Enter Exude. Oh, let me get you a recumbent bicycle. That's a bike that you sit in where the angle is proper so that even with your bad knee, it's not going to put stress on the knee joint. Now I can get you to pedal, do aerobic exercise, start losing weight, problem solved. Done. It's really that simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Edward, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation uh, and really appreciate you coming on to the show, man, and being so forthright. And um, yeah, I, I I'm really intrigued by what you're going to be doing with the the you know with the hospitals and the diabetes. That sounds awesome. Sounds like something fantastic to get behind. So, thanks for coming on and sharing and, and motivating us all a little bit. Really appreciate it. Hey, it was a great time to spend with you, Matt. I appreciate you taking the time out. You know and understanding how important this is and thank you appreciate it no it's great appreciate it listen thank you thanks to edward for joining me today also a big shout out to today's show sponsor orion media if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business do connect with them at orionmedia.com that's a-u-r-i-o-n media.com we will of course link to them and to edward's 
uh, website, exude.com, in the show notes. If you've got that, great. If not, head over to the website, sign up to the newsletter and get it direct to your inbox at pushedtobemore.com. Now, be sure to follow the Push To Be More podcast wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Edward has to bear it. I've got to bear it. And you've got to bear it as well. Now, Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website to pushtobemore.com. That's it from me. That's it from Edward. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.